We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. At com slash online privacy protection. Are you ready? Bonus days are back for pros at Lowe's. You earn points and save when you buy the top pro brands you trust, like DeWalt. Right now, you can save $100 on the powerful DeWalt 8 and a quarter inch carbide tipped portable table saw. Was $399, now just $299. Join today and shop bonus days. Only at Lowe's. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. Valve to $120. Subject to change while supplies last. Visit Lowe's.com slash MVP's bonus points for details. I used to get frequent heartburn at night, so I I made Prilosec OTC part of my morning routine. One pill in the morning, 24 hours, zero heartburn with Prilosec OTC. It's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use is directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMC FM at HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It's good to have you back here today. Welcome one and all. Thank you so much for stopping on by. And thanks very much to Eric Davis for joining us today. Normally we go inside the 49ers locker room to talk to a current 49er. But Niners said, hey, it's the postseason. We're not doing interviews. We're not doing interviews with you. We're not doing interviews with anyone. So you can forget about that. So I said, well, let's go inside the 49ers locker room with a man who used to dress from inside the 49ers locker room presented by Harris Ranch Beef, legendary beef, legendary quality. Shop all your local Raley's, Bel Air, and Knob Hill supermarket for all of your tailgate needs. Two-time Pro Bowler, one-time Super Bowl champ, Eric Davis. How are you, man? It's been a long time since we said hello. Hey, man, I'm doing well. Glad I can help you guys out since the important people couldn't come by. No, 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 no. You're very important, and let me tell you, it's good to talk to you once again, and at the end of this, you're even going to get some steaks. So it, it just works out for everyone. Lucas is able to book a guest attached to the Niners. We're able to feed you before the entire day is over, so everyone walks away happy, which is rare from this radio show, if you don't mind me saying. Well, you know what? It's, it's excellent. Like, I, it's always good to talk to you guys, man. It's always good. So, Seattle, as I was saying earlier, Eric, they're the team that no one expected. No one expected them to even be talented this year. No one expected them to be relevant. Nobody expected them to be in the playoffs, that's for sure. Nobody expected them to even show up in the playoffs because everyone was thinking, well, at Lambeau, the Packers are going to beat the Lions and good night, Seattle. But no, here they are still. Uh, how surprised are you that Seattle has managed to arrive in this moment? And and then we'll get to the Niners, obviously, but they they seem like a fish out of water, which makes them weird and dangerous in some way. Um, well, I'm not that surprised, believe it or not. Um, I don't know if you know, I went to training camp with Seattle. I was there the entire training camp. Pete uh, Carroll invited me up, and and I sort of hung out and saw the philosophy of what was going on. And I, you know, and I was there as a coach, so I was there sort of seeing how he wanted to implement the plan for this year. And... I'm not surprised because day one, before the players ever even showed up, he basically said, this is the type of year we're going to have. This is how we're going to have to win. This is the core group. These are the players. And for us to do anything, they're going to have to buy into this mindset of 
playing ball, playing it a certain way, playing it ugly, and understanding that at the end of the day, I take every second, you but plan on winning. And you're winning, and his, his mindset is that you're winning from ahead or you're winning from behind, but you're winning. And you're going to get there, ultimately. So that's why I'm kind of not shocked, because I saw him sort of put it in place with the guys doing training camp. Um, and then things worked out for him, because they fought just hard enough. Now, with that being said, I mean, it's not going to be enough against the Niners. But, you know, to answer the question, I'm, I'm not shocked that they were able to squeeze every ounce out of themselves because they sort of went into the year expecting it. You know how some clubs, are, you know, I played on some teams where we went in and it was like we would look at the schedule during training camp and like, all right, you know, we'll be, you know, 14-2. and We're mad, 13-3. We'll skip. We'll mess up somewhere. And, you know, that's how we used to look at it. But these guys were like, we got to fight. So um, they, that's, that's how the club is built. But as I said, it's not—it's just not enough to play the Niners right now. Um, I get why you would feel that way about the Seahawks in October when they won five out of six. But right after that, they lost five out of six. Did you start seeing that 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 belief that Pete Carroll had inculcated in them was suddenly fading, or was it just the vagaries of a team that's not as talented as its final record would show? Uh, um, well, you know, they're, they're an average ball club and across, and they had a lot, it's a young ball club and they were having to grow, having to learn how to play. And I'm telling you, he was preaching them. He was preaching to them early on that those days were coming no matter what happened. No, you know, enjoy the high times, but the low ones are coming. And how do you respond to those? What do you learn? Uh, when things are bad, okay, now let's have some fun and figure out how to do things, what this cloud hanging over our head. And, I mean, there are still guys, and, I, and I, like I said, I, I was having conversations throughout the year. There are guys on that coaching staff um, that I that I talk to regularly. Uh, they, they still believe that that was the way they had to approach it and teach it because it's such a young ball club. Uh, that, that Legion of Boom and, and that crew, they're gone. So he's trying to reestablish what's there, and ownership has have given him an opportunity uh, to reestablish his philosophy in it. So that's what they were doing. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't that concerned about it. I wasn't there, but did they believe that? Okay, they if they keep fighting, it, they'd have a chance. Yeah, they did. I, I mean, it, it's not. I'm not making it up. Those those guys actually they were preaching it, and the players bought into it. And that's that's really all that sort of matters. You you got to believe in the system. Um, you got to see it work. And once you see it work as a player, you'll then buy in and you'll you'll do it because you believe the guys that are setting the plan know what they're talking about. Super Bowl champion Eric Davis here on ninety five seven The Game with Damon and Ratto. So let's talk about the position that you mastered when you played, and tell me a little bit about why Mooney Ward, Chavarius Ward is, you know, Christian McCaffrey, without a doubt, the best in-season pickup, the best off-season decision that this team made was adding him. He's been spectacular. Yeah, yeah. When they first signed him, I said that was a good signing. I knew it. You know, when everybody was talking about um, getting players, I, I you know, I, I said I thought this guy, and, and I believe that if E-Man, I said it early on. I mean, you can go back and, and check the receipts where I said if they stayed healthy, they'd be, they, at the end of the year, you'd be looking at this secondary as one of the best in the league. They'd be in that argument, um, of, you know, that best in the league argument. But because I knew that this was a player that they brought in that was ready to take that leap, um, he's he's consistent in what he needs to do. He's technically sound. Uh, he's he's tough. He's he's nasty. He likes the challenge. He's a gunfighter. But playing corner, man, you got to be. It's, it's a gunfighter's mentality. That's that's truly how it is. If you're going to last at the position, play the position well. And but what I mean by that gunfighter's uh, mentality is that you know going into it, you can walk off your paces, but sooner or later. A bullet's going to hit you. You're going to turn. You're going to fire. You're going to get shot from time to time. But that true gunfighter, no, even if I if I, I catch a slug, I'm going to still get my shot off. And you're going down with me. 
So the guy who's been... I'm going to shoot my shot every time, and that's that's who he is. The guy who's been catching the most amount of strays by design is Diamador Lenore. He gets yeah. picked on week in, week out. As I've been saying, there is no shame in being the weak link on a defense this good. I mean, somebody has to be the, the you know the the person to attack on this defense. And through no fault of Diamador Lenore, it, it's him. I still think though. He does a pretty good job more often than not. When you look at him, what do you see in Diamador Lenore? Or is this a guy who just unfortunately gets to wear the dunce cap in every single offensive meeting that every opponent has? Um, well, number one, uh, he's not a weak link. Uh, you just said if you have the number one defense in the league, there aren't weak links. You don't get there if you have a weak link. He's going. He's going to give up more plays because you just touched on it. He's going to give up. He, he's going to see more action. So if if this is bottom line, it's like a, it's like a receiver that gets more balls thrown to thrown to him. He's going to have more drops. It, 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 it doesn't. You'll look at the catch, but see that's what happened. No one pays attention to the catches. They'll start to to worry about the drops, and that's what happens. You know, you you start to look at this this guy. Well, he's given up some plays, like the last game. He gave up one play, but then what happened after that? You know, he, he played well. He's got to give some things up. And let's remember, he two things. Number one, he's young. He, he's got to grow. The last game, he, his, his eyes got him in trouble. The same thing's happening with Huff. Huff is a really good player. I think Huff is going to be a great player. But he's bad eyes right now. And that happens when you're a young player. Uh, because there are a lot of things that you have to learn and how to see and how to distinguish when they're trying to make it just alike, look just alike. What's the difference? Um, those things are going to happen. You know, when when you're in position, one of the most frustrating things as a young player is when you're in position, it, it, it is finishing. Why didn't I finish that play? And I see that in Lenore where he even back on the ball with um, Green his last game. He got back into position, didn't finish the play. So all of those things will happen. He's young and and he has to learn. How, he has to learn how to finish in that aspect. So we just got to let him grow. And, you know, and as I said, he's going to get those other opportunities. Uh, because he is the other guy. You you brought in you brought in Mooney. Everyone was going to was going to test him early to see if he's really that guy. And now he shows he's that dude. So um, you know those are you're going to get those thirty eight. Going to get the plays. And then the other thing, remember, he's out of position. He's not an outside corner. They didn't draft him to be an outside corner. And and so many people are mad at him. Like I said before, you should be mad at Ambry Thomas. That's the guy. That's the guy that they drafted to be outside. Lenore is not even in position. I mean, you got two guys in Jimmy Ward and um, and Lenore that are out of position, really, and you still end up with the number one uh, defense. So I don't really think there's a weak link on this defense. Why I keep going back to saying that um, I don't see Seattle winning this game. The, the only thing that I think helps them in this game is that um, weather. Is going to be one. It's going to be one of those type days that the weather is a is a thing, and I don't think it's an issue. Of course, you play football in the rain, but Kyle tends to call a much more conservative conservative game. History says he calls a conservative game when there's weather, and that worries me. Um, is there a path for the Seahawks on Saturday other than the weather creating four turnovers for them? No, no. Um, the, the, for for Seattle, for Seattle to win this game, uh, they have to have. Th this is where it is. You played seventeen games over eighteen weeks. Seattle has shown that they are an average football team. Over that same amount of time, the Forty ers have shown that they are a very good football team. They now have an opportunity to show that they can be a great football team. But they have shown that they are a very good football team. For Seattle to have a chance to win this game, of course, they played against so they have a chance, but for Seattle to win this game, they have to have a perfect game, and the Niners have to have a bad day, a really bad day. And it will still be close, and the Niners should win that game. I just don't see how they can win the game because the 49ers simply have more talent. Their X's are better than the other team's O's across the board. So when so they they're better at every matchup that's going to matter in this game. I don't see how they can win it. 
Eric Davis here on 95.7 The Game. I just want you to go back to your playing days and let me ask you this question. Forget about the names involved. Forget about the uniforms involved. I tell you, Eric, you are a starting corner today in a playoff game against a third-string quarterback. You just got to be licking your chops no matter who that is, right? Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, absolutely. But also remember this. If you're talking about Purdy, Purdy's a backup. He's not the third. I, I, he's not the third string. He's the first backup that plays. Because Trey Lance isn't a backup, and Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a backup. This is the first backup that played for them. And, um, you know, he, he's playing like a backup. Because the thing about this offense is that it's not quarterback-centric. You need the guy to make some plays, and he's able to make some plays. He's much more athletic than Jimmy, and he's able to extend plays and make plays with his legs. Um, he was playing with house money. I said that day one um, on, on my podcast. The first time he came in, I was like, I'm fine. I just need to see him play one game after the Miami game because that was the perfect week for him to come in. He had been running his offense the entire week. Um, and then you, I said, Let's, next, next week, let me see. He came in. He played. I was like, oh, he's fine. He, he's doing what I wanted the backup to do, come in, be able to run the offense and spread the ball around. And I said, he's playing with house money. Like, well, you win two games, you're in the playoffs. House money. Now, the end zones are red. When the end zones turn red, now it's time for him to be a legend. It's, it's your team. You are running it now. You, so the backup and so you're licking your chops and all of this stuff, he's proven he can play. Um, but, you know, me, yeah, I, I would have been like, okay, that, like, we, got a, we got a shot. Because the DB room I was in, you know, guys would have been already placing bets on who was going to do what and everything else. Uh, it, it costs you a whole lot if you let other guys get interceptions in that room. Uh, but but with Purdy going into this game, um, you know, lo- looking at it from the standpoint, from the Seattle Seahawks standpoint, I don't think they're going to view it like this is a third-string guy at all uh, because he's playing far too well. I, I, and he's already beaten them, which, again, is which that, it makes Seattle the perfect. I'm so happy. I know people don't like playing a team three times in a year, but I'm so happy we're playing Seattle because you got your rookie quarterback, his first playoff game, red end zone, and he gets to go to sleep the night before knowing that he's about to face a team that he's already beaten. So he's going to sleep well. I love it. So, Eric, let's just wrap up. Sounds like you definitely got him over Seattle for a lot of reasons that you have you know, shared with us. Let's say they even... Win the next game. Who is yeah. the one team you would want to see in the NFC title game? Who is the one team you don't want to see in the NFC title game? I don't care who's in it. The 49ers are the best team. Um, there's no one in it. The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. There's no one in the NFC that can beat them. There's only, the only team that I don't want to see, the only team I don't want to see is Kansas City. And um, not simply because of what happened this year or the Super Bowl. It's, it's beyond that. Football is a game of matchups. When you get to that level, when you get the really, really good teams playing together, just like I was saying this game right now, the X's and O's are all in the Niners' favor versus Seattle. He believes. We We don't match up well against the Chiefs. No, that's no. why I don't want to play the Chiefs. So that's, I'm thinking about the Super Bowl. I'm not thinking about the NFC. There's no one in the NFC that can beat the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, Eric Davis says, "Print the T-shirts." They're going to the big game. He believes the podcast is called "Believe in 49ers Podcast." Eric Davis, thank you so much for joining us today. And I told you we had a little something here at the end of it for you. Our friends at Harris Ranch Beef are going to send you for representing the Niners today. 10 pounds of prime steaks and you get to choose your own cut. Are you going to be grilling up the ribeyes, the porterhouses, or the New York strip steaks? Oh, man. Okay. Since you didn't give me filet, I'll go with the (laughs) ribeyes. Do you know that if you go porterhouse, you get a filet on that one side? 
I do know that. Yes, I do know that, but it's just different. It is different. You're right. I mean, no, you're, you're right. Because you were looking, I mean, you're, you're looking for a fillet that's like four or five inches thick, and these aren't those. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. When in doubt, when in doubt, you I go ribeye. I will not be sad when I see those ribeyes on the grill. No, he won't be. And we certainly weren't sad to see your name on the guest list today. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Great to catch up with you. Enjoy the playoffs, and I guess we'll see you in the Super Bowl, baby. All right. I'll be there. The Niners will be there. There he is. Eric Davis here on 95.7 The Game. Print the t-shirts. They're going to the NFC champions. Hey, he might be out over his skis a bit. I don't think Philadelphia is that easy a thing to solve, especially now that Jalen Hurts is back. I'll give you Philadelphia. They got to be 13-0, not because they were pretty. And they didn't luck into it like Minnesota did week after week. That's a very good football team and playing at home. Any team that is playing at home with the best offensive line in football is a team to worry about. And that's the Eagles. And they got a pretty good defense, too. I think he is right, though. The chances of them beating the Eagles to reach said Super Bowl, even if that game, well, that game would be in Philadelphia, it sounds a lot more doable than just Kansas City. It really, truly does. So uh, we'll worry about that weeks from now. If indeed we even need to worry about that weeks from now. The Road to Glendale is brought to you by Marowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, and together. Uh, One other bit of news from the NFL that we got uh, today is that Kevin Warren is stepping down from commissionership of the Big Ten to become the president of the Chicago Bears. Now, Ray, before you start laughing, uh, it's a huge crossroads for the franchise. I mean, if there were ever a time to be a president that really affected change with the Chicago Bears, it's right now. Uh, He's got a chance to leave his fingerprints all over the Bears as they're considering what to do with the number one pick overall, a stadium issue, a possible site to develop in Arlington, possibly a rebuilt Soldier Field as it stands in Chicago. Who knows what the future is going to hold there? Um, This is a massive moment to be the leader of that historic franchise, but I know no one listening to us really cares much about the Bears, so I'm not telling you all that to tell you about how good of a hire this could be for the Chicago Bears. This also very much feels like a stepping stone for him to maybe be commissioner of the NFL one day. And Kevin Warren feels like a guy who with the right amount of training on the job in Chicago could make a fine commissioner one day to be totally honest I like what he's done with the Big Ten there isn't much more work to do in the Big Ten I mean the the massive media deal is done check that box expansion yup check that box and not to mention all the volatility of the world of college sports that's going to be see it thrown at it in, in the next decade that's 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 nuts so um it's the right time to step away from college for a job in the nfl i think if you're him and if you ever wanted to be commissioner it's definitely the right step i was reading some stuff about that move though and it did not sound like he was optimistic about getting another go round once his his contract ended in eight months don't forget he was the guy who went along with the big 12 when they wanted to shut down for covid and the presidents gathered and basically voted that voted that down said no we're going to play so i think at that point he was if not a lame duck he certainly was a wounded one and as far as being the commissioner the two things that roger goodell does uh, is negotiate contracts with the networks and negotiate CBAs. Other than that, he's not really running this league in any way, shape, or form. So unless he can handle the, the negotiation part... Well, Warren did that for the last Big Ten media deal. Well, actually, I think that was... Uh, was that Delaney? Was, that was Delaney. Because Delaney, Delaney is the guy who made the Big Ten the Big Ten. Um, so I don't know if he's got the skill set that the NFL wants now, he could conceivably grow into it, but I wouldn't look at him and say, that's a potential successor to Roger Goodell. 
just because the things they want Roger Goodell to do now is not be the face of the operation. They want him to hammer the players and they want him to hammer the networks. The other big story in the NFL today is that Derek Carr has thanked the Raiders for his time there and says that he's ready to move on to his next opportunity. We've already discussed this a little. I, I got a lot of respect for the class act that Derek Carr has always represented himself to be. Um, he's got a full no trade clause and if I were him, I don't know if I'd just be accepting any trade, even if it were a team that I would want to go to, because you'd be stripping your new team of an asset that be- could become a, you know, a compensatory pick going back to the Raiders. So I don't know if he's going to go out of his way to do them a single favor. And we were talking about landing spots earlier for Derek Carr. To me, if Tua really is damaged goods in the eyes of the Miami Dolphins... You're going to see several quarterbacks, I think, tripping over themselves to possibly get to Miami or, as you said earlier, the Los Angeles Chargers got some offensive weapons as well, but their quarterback, you know, they need possibly a new head coach. We'll, we'll get it. I'm, I'm mixing two segments already in my head here. Bad cocktail. Um, if I were Derek Carr... I would want to be a Miami Dolphin. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I would want to be a Miami Dolphin. If I were uh, Baker Mayfield, I would want to be a Miami Dolphin. I, I think in a normal world on a normal team, I, would, I wouldn't dispute a word of it. But the Dolphins are not normal in that they are run as much by the owner, Steve Ross, as they are by Chris Greer, the general manager. And I think Steve Ross is still married to the romantic notion of what Tua can be. Um, I think they'd still look at his his concussion issue as something temporary and that once they start next year, that he'll be fine again and he can re-deliver the magic that he did in spots this year. So I don't know if it's a great spot for another quarterback if Tua Tagovailoa is still going to be there. And I have a feeling he will be because now you're stepping into a thing where you think you're going to be the starter, but then the owner says, no, I think he's going to be the backup. And at that point, you've gotten burned. He's a hit away from scrambled eggs. That's all very true, but you're not going to want to go to a team where you don't know when that hit's going to happen or if it does happen. I mean, it's it, there are clearer paths to starting for a lot of quarterbacks in this league. I mean, Tennessee jumps out at me as a place where I think they're done with with Ryan Tannehill and the guys behind him, you know, Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs, you know, they, there's no future there for either of them. Um, so I think there are opportunities outside of Miami. You're right. If if Steve Ross wasn't a meddlesome nitwit, I think that'd be a great place for a lot of quarterbacks to go. But he is indeed a meddlesome nitwit, which makes that a lot more problematic in my mind. Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to leave Green Bay? He's got a million, many million reasons not to leave Green Bay. 92 of them. He's also just the kind of special... The word I'm looking for eccentric to maybe say, you know, I'm with Blue of Earth now, which is the actual name of his girlfriend. But me and Blue of Earth, we're going to uh, go be Wiccan together and live off the land eating, you know, ayahuasca candy bars. I mean, like, he is just goofy and eccentric enough to be the guy who might walk away from all this. And if indeed he did, that becomes a very interesting landing spot for a potential quarterback looking to rebuild his career. If he does, but I don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe that he's leaving $92 million on the table. I also believe he's more ornery and manipulative than he is in tune with his inner self. Did you However, see, that's defined. Did you see the dog and pony show that he tried to pull, like walking off the field with his arm around Randall Cobb one last time? I mean, it's like he wanted so bad to have a feeling of last dance 
to just mess with local media when we all yeah. know that he pulled the last dance thing with Devontae Adams just the year before. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He's basically, you know, going middle fingers up to anybody who covers him who isn't named Pat McAfee. He likes the idea that people will chase their tails trying to figure out what he's thinking. When, in fact, what he's thinking is pretty basic. It's... I just signed a deal that pays me paid me $46 million this year is going to pay me 30 in each of the next three. And I was willing to sign that deal knowing that it would cost me Devontae Adams because the Packers then decided not to afford him. So he's a guy who can hear a dollar bill hit the snow and he's going to be in Green Bay hearing them fall for as long as he can possibly get away with it. Let's just suspend what I think is probably the right prescription that you just wrote to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's back too, but let's for a minute assume he's not, and he has played his last game as Green Bay Packers quarterback. Would you like a good factoid? I mean, time is a flat circle, if you will, and this is this is phenomenal if he really were to have played his last game. In Brett Favre's final six passes as a Packer, he went two for six for 12 yards, concluding a game-sealing season-ending interception at Lambeau Field. If Aaron Rodgers is really, truly done, in his final six passes of this year, he went two for six for 12 yards, concluding in a game-sealing season-ending interception at Lambeau Field. I mean, you gotta love sports sometimes. <laughs> you just you have to. The, the, the pure accident of that is appealing enough. Absolutely. Um, I, I just, you know, when I look at him, I see a guy who his act is wearing thin, but the Packers' need for him is not. Uh, you know, Jordan Love, if they were even remotely considering him, you would have seen him by now in, in more mop-up situations. But Aaron Rodgers played almost every game beginning to end. Even the ones where they weren't close at the end. So I think they've sort of voted their stock on on Jordan Love. Which means that Aaron Rodgers has nobody in the room that he has to worry about. And I think that's going to be true based on where they're drafting. Because I don't think C.J. Stroud's going to be there for them unless they trade up. And they are not a team that is very dynamic on draft day. So I think it's it's Aaron Rodgers or bust for this foreseeable future. Uh, there's really no sporting event that anyone in the Bay Area needs to worry about tonight on their TV. So what else you might watch, right? How about this? You know what's on tonight? Little something old versus a little something new. LeBron versus Luka tonight, right? Eh? And LeBron just got cleared to play, so... There you go. I'm, well, there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. Uh, you got the best young player in this league right now against an athlete who's done more to stay great than maybe any other athlete we've ever seen. LeBron right now is the leading vote-getter in the NBA's All-Star uh, annual popularity contest yet again. But boy, he still puts up the numbers to back it up. By the way, this February is going to be his 19th All-Star game. 19 All-Star games. Only one other human has ever done that and his name was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. LeBron James and Kobe are 18-time selections. Let me tell you, LeBron's going to be on the All-Star team next year. He's going to be a 20-time All-Star. A 20-time All-Star, which is just, say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. It's never even been said about it in a single player in the history of basketball. Uh, LeBron James woke up this morning 423 points shy of passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the NBA's all-time scoring leader. He's averaging 29-8-7 right now. And look, we did a lot to laugh at the Lakers and their ill-conceived team at the beginning of the year, especially when it comes to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook might be the sixth man of the year in the NBA right now. He is playing his rear end off. And... Since their 2-10 start, the Lakers are 17-12. and 12. Now, that's not a massive number, but that's a nearly 600 ball. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Warriors wish that they had a stretch where their winning percentage even flirted with the concept of near 600 balls. So, uh, the reports of the Lakers' demise may have been a bit premature, Ray. Well, Russell Westbrook finally got religion. Um about how they wanted him to play and how he had to 
learn to play. The thing that they have a problem with and will continue to have a problem with is not only keeping Anthony Davis healthy, but trying to figure out how to cobble together a, a roster night in and night out. They just went out and got Andre Drummond, I think. And, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's past, past it. And they keep going. For 10 to, days? Did he, did he get a 10-dayer? I think he did. Um, but they keep looking for and getting guys in their mid-30s. Well, that's who's out there available right now. I mean, it's... Well, but a guy who's been on the market and has bounced around from team to team over the last couple of years because there really is no more place for him. I mean, the Lakers shouldn't be shopping there. No, but they're they're, they're grasping at straws. I mean, they're in the beggars cannot be choosers portion of the supermarket here. But I'm, I'm leading to a point, which is that they put themselves in that position to the point where they can't make their team better. And the only thing they can hope for is that neither Phoenix gets healthy or Sacramento keeps playing the way they're playing. Because right now, they're only three games out of the lead in that division. The the, the NBA Pacific Division used to be elite. Now it's 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 pretty mediocre. Is that the Lakers' fault? Is that the Warriors' fault? It's well, it's the Warriors' fault. It's Phoenix's fault, um, and I think it's the Clippers' fault. Clippers have been profoundly ordinary, and right now they're probably the least popular team in basketball. And that's saying something, given the fact that the Brooklyn Nets are still alive. I mean, they're. The way they load manage and they don't do, you know, they never make a move that suggests that they're ready to take this seriously. I mean, the Clippers are becoming that team because Brooklyn went on a hellacious tear and got to within, I think, a game and a half of the of the Celtics at one point. In fact, they're playing the Celtics tonight. Um, but now without Kevin Durant, God only knows. But I... Getting back to the Lakers, I don't think anybody thought that Russell Westbrook could make the transition that he's made. So, yeah, all credit to him and all credit to LeBron for continuing to be LeBron at this late stage of his life. But they're still the Lakers and they're still incomplete. Their roster's still a hot mess. And I don't know when it's going to change. The argument over the greatest NBA player of all time will go on in infinite directions for forever. But I, I do think if you wanted to arrive at the best way to describe LeBron is we have never seen an athlete so promised to us, so delivered upon that promise, and so disciplined himself to remain relevant as an old man in a league that lends itself to young man's aspirations. It, it, he is the greatest athlete of my lifetime. I really believe that. I, 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 I don't need to see how it ends because his ability to, again, be looking at a 19th all-star selection in year 20, that is an absurd level of individual excellence. I don't think anyone in my lifetime in sports can say, yeah, it's just like that. It's it. He has no comp. There really isn't a comparison player, any sport, longevity, maintaining a level of statistical excellence for two solid decades. No, nobody's done that. But the comp for him, and this is about his dominance, is Chamberlain. They played different positions. They had different skill sets. But nobody dominated his landscape for 15 years like Chamberlain did, just as a physical presence. In the same way, you know, relatively speaking, that LeBron has dominated his two decades. So I would suggest that Chamberlain is the best comp. Um, I know people have tried to compare him and Michael Jordan, but I think I'd take, you know, I don't know, I, I'd take either one of them, but it basically, in terms of simple physical dominance and being able to do what he wanted whenever he wanted to do it, it's Chamberlain, then it's him, then it's the field. We got ourselves one segment left this afternoon here. We're going to go to the complaint department. 
Ray, one of your favorite departments. We got something that is going to upset you and another thing that is just easily mockable that you might even enjoy. So stick around for that. That's how we're going to wrap up today's show here on 95.7 The Game. Don't you go anywhere. One more segment around the corner here. Damon and Ratto, we are brought to you by Solo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. The Road to Glendale is brought to you by Merowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. And we want you to know that the relevant shirt is available. The DPOY hoodie merch. Oh, we got it available for you at 957thegameshop.com. Uh, hats off to uh, every single engineer, everyone who is a member of the League of Dorks here did an incredible job getting us out of a melting studio into an auxiliary studio. And they did it in about 20 minutes and are on their way to fixing the other studio. Uh, if you're just joining us late, we had a, uh, a, a glass of water spilled on a box of electronics that you just don't want in a radio station. And uh, we had to pivot today, and we were able to do it in like under 20 minutes. So hats off to everyone who accomplished this. And Ray, you remained incredibly calm throughout the whole thing. I'd like to think of you as a beacon of support that we all leaned on in this trying time. My indifference was all-encompassing. It was, it was, it was palpable. It, oh, was, yeah. it was in the air. You could actually feel it hitting your foot like a hammer. It was, you know, it wasn't indifference as much as. Oh, I hope we're done here today. Oh, absolutely. I was disappointed to learn that they may have fixed the problem well, in time for tomorrow. I want to cheer you up a little bit because if there's anything I know you hate, it's celebrations, compliments, and birthdays. And we have a story that involves all three. I'm a big fan of, uh, of the Brits. I think they do a great job as news presenters. I think they do a great job as broadcasters. I know you're very pro-British just about anything you like a lot of british comedians a lot of music a lot of presenters yourself yeah. yes yeah well they're better than americans americans are pigs okay well uh ian poulter who is a veteran of a lot of european rider cup teams got very angry because a tweet from the european rider cup account failed to wish him a happy birthday <laughs> isn't that one of the more candy you know what things You've heard of. And this is the thing. So, Ian Poulter, how old is he? 19? Eight, no, he's a 47-year-old yeah. man. I am a 47-year-old man. How, how can you possibly care about who wishes you happy birthday or not when you're 47? I don't know. Uh, it, it, it offends me so viscerally that I think he should be taken and frog walked to a Louisiana prison farm for five years of hard labor. Ian Poulter, 47th birthday, was on January 10th. European Ryder Cup account, don't care. Uh, Sergio Garcia's was on January 9th. He turned 43. He didn't get it. And the conspiracy here is because they have left the PGA to join the Live Tour. And he thinks that the disrespect 
and the disassociation is happening because of his association with the live tour and for that i would tell him go and cry in the pile of money you took knowing that you were going to be persona non grata when you took it yeah don't quit the job and then want the job you quit to care about you I mean, that's not hard to figure out. It's just, it's the guys who want to have it both ways that, you know, are going to have the hardest time with this golf split because they can't. I mean, the Masters is going to jolly them up and let them play. But for the rest of this, I, I think it's going to be you pick one or you pick the other. And we'll see who runs out of money first. And in all likelihood, it'll be the PGA. But the PGA doesn't seem to be that affected yet. Well, and, and let's be completely honest. Live is as big a scoop of yesterday's news as you can find in sports. No one even cares anymore. There's no element of outrage even attached to that golf tour that are going to get people emotionally ginned up about it ever again. It's golf, basically. No one really cares that much. Just sink the putt on the 18th of the Masters. And if that happens, people will say, yeah, I watched golf. I mean, in terms of casual fans right now, there is the ghost of Tiger Woods. And that is golf. Nobody nobody sort of gathers around Brooks Kepka or Ian Poulter or any of those guys. And you're right, it is golf. And now that, you know, the the spit takes are done, you know, and everybody's decided, you know, do we like Greg Norman or do we hate him? It, it is a story that's come and gone and I you know Ian Poulter might be trying to jazz it up but you know birthday wishes ain't gonna get it done no so no happy birthday to Ian Poulter we are not wishing you happy birthday either uh you old bastard second story from the complaint department Ray tracked Twitter data from the start of the NBA's regular season, so we're going back to October 18th, to now has been measuring fan complaints about NBA officiating. For example, they've been tracking phrases such as refs are horrible, awful announcing, terrible call, screwed by refs, worst call, awful refs, terrible officiating, refs are a joke, and several other similar phrases to the point where they have researched nearly 200,000 tweets to see which fan base complains the most. Would you like to... I already know the answer to this, and even if I hadn't seen this, I would have known who it was because the, the team involved is the one with the greatest social profile. It, there's no doubt about it. The number one fan base that complains about officiating are Warriors fans, according to this study, responsible for 11.76% of all online NBA official complaining. Um, I will say this, though, and I know you're not going to join me out here on this limb because you, you're, you're, you know, you, you carry a spot in your heart for officials, and it's a tough job. It's a tough job. But there was an element of Jordan Poole being singled out on carrying above any and all other NBA players that felt like a reality, whether it was or wasn't. And I will say this, that Steph Curry, for a number of reasons, some of which are in his control, many of others aren't, is the single worst officiated superstar in basketball in my lifetime. There are a number of landing area free throws granted a night that he doesn't even have granted to him. You want to talk about it? Well, he's not going to the rim enough to not get contact there. First of all, that's a lie. Steph goes to the rim quite a bit. Secondly, if anyone in the NBA should be getting landing area consideration, it's the greatest three-point shooter of all time, and he doesn't even get that call. But it's because he can't sell calls, and he never has been able to. So, And so I hold him responsible for that part. Um, beyond that, um, eh, get over it. <laughs> you know, you, you've won four rings with him being screwed, so you know, deal with it. I'm more interested in the fact that they are dominating the technical foul te- stats this year. They have a frustrating year. Yeah, I mean, and they they've acted out on it. I mean, Kerr is second in technicals among coaches. Uh, Draymond Green leads with twelve, and can you guess who's got second most? Is it Curry? Oh, no. But Curry's had more this year than he's ever had before. It's not Wiggins. No, Wiggins doesn't have any. 
It's Jordan Poole? It is. He's got eight. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, so he's half he's halfway to a suspension. So good, good I mean him. it just no, they 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 bark at officials, they don't really work them or talk with them. And that's another way you get jammed up. So that's also a skill that you need to learn. And they've been in the league long enough to have learned it by now. The number two complaining fan base in the NBA are the Chicago Bulls fans. And let me just say, you got some of the smartest sports fans in the country sitting in Big Ten country who complain about officials all the time because half the half half the stadium in the Big Ten could pull a random fan and get a game just as well officiated by any official in the Big Ten. So everyone thinks that they know how to officiate a game in the Midwest. So you got a lot of complaints from Bulls fans. Cleveland coming in number three. Again, not only are you in Big Ten country, but you also multiply that by the inferiority complex that ramps up about all things Cleveland from all Clevelanders. Number four, the Miami Heat. A city of complete sports morons who don't even know what they're watching. Number five, it's the Nets. And let's be honest, they don't even have fans. That is a franchise devoid of fans. So at that point, you got Kevin Durant fanboys complaining about everything. So there you go. There's your top five complaining fan bases around the NBA. And I thought that a great way to end today's show. Again, hats off to everyone here at the station who had a glass of water thrown into a chest of electronics that made us have to go to a auxiliary. Uh, this isn't even the B studio. This is the C studio. And we put it all together in less than 20 minutes. So great job all around. Tim Jordan, uh, extra candies in his stocking next Christmas for sure. Uh, what's coming up next on the game brought to you by Fremont Bank. It's the best of hosted by our man Sterling Bennett. That's right around the corner. Great job, Lucas. Great job, Grandy. Good job all around. Ray, average job by you. I'm bringing a bucket of hot chocolate to the studio tomorrow. And now your favorite part of the show. You bet your ass. Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.